So I said, this series, Ty, Why We Do What We Do, is we're starting off this new year. We're looking at uh, literally the, the strategy of our church. And so we started with week one on the first day of this 2023. Right? We looked at that. And, and again, this, the idea of join the journey and that we are on this journey of faith. Right? And that, we are, that journey starts with receiving Jesus Christ, our Savior. And again, as we say, right, we believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in what the, the Jesus accomplished as the Messiah, right? That he lived us in this life, died in our place, rose again, uh, you know, um, uh, on, on that third day, right? And, and that we now receive him as our Savior. And not, not only are our sins forgiven, but when we join that journey of faith, we start on a new journey, a journey towards Christ. Right, a journey of being transformed by his spirit, right? being more like God tomorrow than I am today. And we talked about that first day, about those, there's this strategy or those different phases of a faith journey right, that we looked at. And, and uh, of we started attending, right? and then we grow, and then we serve, and then we lead, and we mentor. And we see this cycle in our lives that just continues to grow right? as we, as we pursue our faith and we're transformed by God's spirit. And then we started with our core values. And again, as we talked about with these already, knowing that, that everything is constantly changing around us, right? Not just in our church, but in our community and in our world. And in fact, the only thing that doesn't change is the fact that everything's always changing, right? And yet we have drawn a line in the stand. We've put the stake in the ground on these four core values, saying that these will always be true for us as a church. And we started with core value number one, and we started looking at that, of the, the fact that Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey. And that he is our example to follow. Right? He, he shows us what a, a holy life is like, and, and we study his life and his teachings and, and try to be transformed to be more like him every day. Right? We, we become holy because he is holy. Right, and that's what our transformation journey is about. And again, that he is actually our destination. And again, on that day, I challenge you to actually ask the question, what is actually the destination of my life, right? Is it Jesus? Right? Is everything about my life, everything I'm moving towards about him, or is, or is just Jesus, you know, in my life, but he's not really the destination, because there's all kinds of things that our life can truly be about, right? But is Jesus actually the destination of my life, right? And am I being transformed to be like him? And then, um, again, last week, we looked at core value number two, that scripture is our foundation and roadmap of our journey. Again, we looked at, again, the word of God, right? The, the holy scriptures. And again, starting off with just even what we define as scripture and why we define that, right? And, and that we stand on, on the holy word of God, right? That as his truth, as the, the divinely inspired word, right? God's love letter to his creation and as he reveals his plan of redemption. As we saw that, again, that we know that Jesus is our cornerstone, right? But yet, what is built off of the cornerstone is the foundation, right? And is the rest of the foundation of our life truly God's word, that, that God is the authority. He decides what's right and wrong, and it's not up to us to change the rules, but to stay within the boundary lines God's given us, right? And inside those guardrails of life, as we go down that road and that path on that journey, that those guardrails of God's truths, right, set, truly set us free if we actually do what he tells us to do. Right, so as you see, again, Jesus is number one, right? Number two, that scripture is our foundation, and it's our roadmap. It, it's our light upon our path. It tells us what our next steps are. And now today, we are to core value number three, and this is that all generations contribute to the journey. Okay, all generations contribute to the journey. Again, kind of our theme 
uh, text for this series is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And as we've seen through the weeks, this all four of our core values are, are present in these verses. Again, we see them all throughout Scripture and, and lots of different places. But as we look at these verses, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Again, with each week, as you we see, I'm kind of pointing out where we see each core value in these, these verses. And as we see that, um, again, as it talks about Scripture, right, inspired by God, it is to teach us what is true, right? And it teaches us to do what is right. And then God will use it right, to equip his people, to do every good work. And, and again, I, I like these phrases because we realize, right, to teach, to teach who? To teach us. Right? And then what, where is God's work focused on? It is on his people, right? Is as we are saved, as we receive as our Savior, right, our identity changes from God's creation to God's child. And then as God's child, right, he, he pours into us and he disciplines us and moves us forward, right, to prepare and equip us to do every good work. And so as we start to look at that, we realize, right, that as, as this is describing the church, right, that the church is made up of people. Yeah, the church is not a building. Yeah, the church is not, um, you know, the just place we go on Sunday. Yeah, the, the, the church is way bigger than that. Yeah, and in fact, when we talk about as we, even right now, as Different, you know, churches are gathering all around, even in the, around this valley, right? Is the reality is we are all gathering as God's church in different places. But we are, because the church is God's people. But the church is people. That is, that is what the church is. If we look back at these verses, right, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, right, first we learn what is true and we learn what is right. And then we are to do, right? We're supposed to carry that out. And then, um, right, so we start it consuming as we learn, and then we move towards contributing, right, of carrying out what we've learned. And as we look back on week one, we saw that that's kind of the umbrella over the entire strategy, right? We start out consuming the things of the Lord. And as we move through in our faith journey and, and be transformed by him, we move towards contributing to God's kingdom. Right? And we all have a role in that, right? But yet, um, consume and contribute are things that these, we can't just stay in one, right? In fact, they actually feed each other. In fact, we need both of them to continue in our lives. And, and ideally, as we work and grow, we need this ongoing cycle, right, of, yes, I consume and learn, and then it drives me to action, right, to do, to contribute. But the more that I contribute, the more I learn about myself, and the more I learn about God and about his work, and, uh, which, which means I'm just consuming more and more and more. And the more I consume, the more it draws me to do and to contribute. And the more I can contribute, the more I learn. Right? And God has, has set this up in our lives, right, to, to be this, this ongoing self-feeding cycle. Because the reality is, if all I do is consume, right, then I will become stagnant in my faith. If all I do is consume. And again, God does not want smarter sinners, Okay, God wants us to learn, right, to consume so we can do. Right, now the reality is, again, if all we do is contribute, 
Right? And if we leave consumed behind, if you get stuck there, right, and, and that then, and this, and I'll tell you, this is a trap that is in the American church, right? We, we move, we consume, and we move to contribute, and then we, we just stay and contribute. And when we do that, right, if all we do is contribute, you will end up burnt out. Okay, because you will pour out everything that you've learned, right, and then, then you're just empty. Right, and both places are dangerous. Right, which is why we need both of them to continue to feed our lives right, and to feed our faith. And we move from consuming to contributing, and then the more we contribute, the more we consume. And this ongoing cycle sits up in our lives. And as we realize this right, and, and know that the church is people, right, we also know that people are not all the same. Right, the people are different. Right? And, and so again, even though our, our journeys are going to the same place, our journeys are going to look different because we're different people, and our stories are different, right? But again, we can be unified in Jesus and knowing that is my destination. And yet, God will take us and use us in different roles in different ways, because the church, we're all the same family, we're all a part of the same body with the same head, but we have different roles. To to look at this, again, this is illustrated very Clearly for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you're with us in person and you don't have your own Bible, there are Bibles provided for you in the seats, and you'll see the page number is included there where you can find it in those Bibles. If you're with us online, you can grab your Bible and follow along as well. But we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to pick up at verse verse 12. So 12, 12, where it says, The human body has many parts, But the many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. And if the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Okay, skip with me down to verse 25, where it says, This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And as, as we stop there, right, and, and, and look at what, again, does does Paul describe for us here? What, what is he talking about? And he starts out by saying, this is the church, right? This is the body of Christ. Okay, it's all the people of God coming together. Right? And we see, right, that not everybody's the same. There are different roles, different parts, right? There's eyes and ears and feet and hands. And, and when we think about the body, right, we all need each other because without each other, we would be incomplete. And yet we also see, right, that he talks about how all the members care for each other. Right? And I love this description about the church, right, and when he says, if one part suffers, we all suffer. Right? But if one part 
you know, is happy, we all get to celebrate. Right? And that, that is absolutely the way that families work, isn't it? Right? When we have a family member that's struggling, well, we're, we all struggle together. Right? When we have a victory, right, we all celebrate together. Right? And, and, and when we think about this, right, again, if, if a part of the body isn't working, right, it affects all of the other parts. And that is the way, again, that the church is supposed to be. And again, as we think about our world and our culture and our society, again, we, are, we have never had more ways to connect with each other than, than right now. Right? And yet we are the loneliest we've ever been. And again, you see, God designed the church to be that avenue, right, to get us connected to like-minded people who also are pursuing Christ, right, and, and, and being transformed by his spirit. Hey, again, we have, we have different people, right, and, and again, people are different, not just because of our personalities or our stories, right, but also we have different ages, right, we have a different backgrounds, we have different um, maturity levels, right, we have, have uh, just people are different. Okay, in fact, that's, you know, in our core value, right, it says that all generations, Okay, that's something that we, again, as a church, have, have said, like, all generations matter. Right? Notice as we look at this description, right, that there's nothing that says, describes age in this body. I have a church coming together. Again, many of you know I spent, I spent my stories, I spent a lot of years in youth ministry. And, and again, if you've been in Journey Class 1, you've heard me tell you this story. But one of the reasons I stayed in youth ministry so long was, was because of some of my pet peeves about church culture, right, and youth ministry. And, and again, one of the things I hear, and always well-intentioned people, right, but I would hear people say that, that you know, older people in the church, right, oh, youth ministry is important because they are the, the, the church of tomorrow. Right? And I know it's well-intentioned, and again, they're just saying, like, yeah, we need to invest in that, and, you know, and, and your work's important in that. But that, that is just, I, I, and hate is a strong word, but I hate that phrase. And the reason why, okay, is not because of why people said it or not attention. The reason why I don't like that phrase is because what the teenagers hear when they hear somebody say that is my faith doesn't matter until I'm older. And, and, and yet, I spent many years in youth ministry and saw that there were so many kids, right, teenagers that have more mature faith than, than half of the adult population in the church. Right? And, and I saw kids contribute to God's kingdom in ways that, that adults should be learning from them. Right? And, and again, we see about, uh, even when they think about kids' ministry and child evangelism, this is the perfect day for you to come, Angie. Right? As we talk about how important kids are, right? they are not the, the church of the future. They are as much the church today as they ever will be. Right? God cares about them as much now as he ever will. Now again, will they, I mean, Again, they, will, they are the leadership of the church for the future, right? But there's no reason they can't even lead now. Right? And, and we think about that, right? Is because the reality is, even when we look at that, right, is that there is no generation that is less important than the other. And, and again, as we know, Scripture tells us, right, God says, I don't, I don't look at you the way that, that humans look at you, right? I, I, look, I see different things, and I believe God looks at children, and he sees something different than we see. Right, in fact, Jesus had some pretty strong words, actually, about how we treat children. 
Okay? And, and again, we look at our youth kids, right? And we look at, at our young adults, and again, Gen Z and millennials and Xers and boomers, and we, we, you know, we can look at all these things, right? But no generations are less important. I mean, to say that is even if you're in the, kind of the latter phase, phases of your life, to say is that, that you are still just as important to God's church as you ever have been or ever will be. Right? And the reality, right, is that, that we can learn from each other. Right? In fact, we need each other. I mean, that's exactly what the text says, right? Again, there are things that my, my boys have taught me about God, right, that, because they see the world in a different, from a different lens than I do. And they're, again, they're teenagers, if you don't know that, right? And, and again, I look at the world that they're growing up in, and it's very different than the world I grew up in. Right? And in fact, their world's even very different than the world I did youth ministry in. Right? I think you see that, though. We, we can learn each other. In fact, you know, teenagers have a lot more to offer you in your life and your faith journey than just helping you with your cell phone. <laughs> now, they can do that, by the way. Right? But they, they have a lot more to offer your faith. And you have a lot more to offer them, too, by the way. Right? And again, our kids, I'll tell you again, my daughter's four, right? And she says things, right? And she comes home and she says things about God or the way she says that, that I'm like, wow, she could not be more right. <laughs> but in fact, if you look back, I mean, I, I don't remember, this has been a while ago, but I, I know Maureen posted it on her, on her social media because, like, literally, once... I mean, it's literally just out of her mouth, right? She was just like, man, without Jesus, we're doomed. We're like, you're right, Claire. Right? Like, whew. Right? Like, again, think about all generations. Do all generations, are they really important? Right? I mean, they are. Right? That's the way that God sees that. Right? We are all the church right now, right? No matter what generation you're in. Again, there's all kinds of ways, right? We kind of poke fun at life, and we know that, you know, different generations have different needs, right? We can look at the, the wheels of life, right, as we go through our faces. Right? And again, we, we know that to be true, but yet, again, we're all part of one body. Right? All of us together are Christ's body. We are all the church. We are all important to God, and we are all important to his kingdom. Right? No matter what phase of life you are in. You know, to say that, it's not just about just ages, right? I mean, think about generations. I mean, again, Scripture speaks to us about the maturity level of our faith as well. And I've kind of already alluded to that, right? Sometimes we have teenagers, right, that have a more mature faith than even a lot of adults. And that's what I'm saying. They have things to offer you, right? They could bring that, right? And, and to say wherever you're at in your faith, right, even, if, even as a mature believer, right, is that you have things to contribute into others' lives. Right? And, and we see, right, there's, um, as we think about our lives, and, and again, are all generations coming together? All people are not the same, and every generation needs to learn from other generations. It is a two-way street. Hey, younger generations, a phase of life, younger generations of, of maturity in the Lord, right, and understanding, again, we all need each other. And that's, again, one of the things that I love to see as, as our church has lived out these core values. It's just awesome to see them kind of poke up at different, different places. Yeah, I'll tell you, this last Wednesday night, again, if you don't know, we have our dinner at 5.30, we have groups at 6.30, and youth and kids, and all that happens. And then at 7.30 um, is band practice, okay? And the worst team comes and practices after that. And, and again, one of the awesome things that we've seen this core value play out, right, is as our teenagers and our kids, and they, they interact. And, and in fact, I will, I will tell you, if we did not have our 
uh, our teenagers on our production and sound team and our worship team and singing, we would be in trouble. They, is, and in fact, adults, they're putting us to shame in how they are serving. They, because they contribute in so many significant ways. Okay, just on those two teams alone. Right? In fact, Wednesday night, Kim um, snapped these pictures on Wednesday night, this last Wednesday night. Okay, and again, you see in that bottom right, there's, I mean, four phases of generations, right? As he's learning, I mean, little kid on the base, right? Curtis and Casey, I mean, you know, we see that, like, like this core value, again, just, and, and again, Kim was just like, oh, man, look at this. How, how awesome is this? Right, and, and again, when we think about this idea, again, as we, we're seeking the Lord on what is my role in his kingdom, and, and again, how do I contribute to not just God's kingdom, but how to, to, even to this core value, right? How do I show that all generations truly matter? Because they do. That is the heart of God. That's the way he sees that. Right, how do I play that out? Again, what do I do in my life to, to live out this core value? Yeah, flip with me to Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4, I want to look at verses 11 through 16. As we look at this, again, this is just another description, kind of the same types of lessons that we saw in Corinthians. Um, Ephesians 4, starting at verse 11. He says, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced uh, when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, and it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of Right, as we look at this description of the church, right, this is taking that like a concept from Corinthians, and, and here Paul dives deeper to the, another deeper level, right, as he describes the church in a, in a completely, you know, deeper way. And then, he, again, he says there are certain gifts that are given specifically for the church, right, and these are those leadership gifts, right, and, and again, we see that in verse 11, he describes that, okay, and, and I'll tell you, my, my gifting probably comes as a shocker to you is, is in that list, yeah, but now my job description as your pastor is in verse 12. Again, what does verse 12 say that my job is? My responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And again, it's not, it's not my, my job to do all the work, right? No, it's my job to teach you what the work is and how you're supposed to do it. Right? And then we all come together, right, to do the work of God. Right? And that's, again, that's my job description. Okay, we notice in verse 13, right, is, is it tells us that we need to be mature in the Lord. Again, we need to continue to grow, right? We need a journey forward, right? We need to be transformed by God's Spirit. Again, if you are still breathing, your journey's not over. 
right? And we think about that, right? And again, the prayer, right? What is my role in the body of Christ? Like, I hope you are, are continuing to pray that prayer, right? And to say that, Lord, what do I need to do to mature? What do I need to continue to grow, right? Where, where, um, where do I need to be consuming to learn in that, right? Where do I need to start contributing? Right? Again, there needs to be a balance, right? And because and there is a blessing found in both of them, and they need to feed each other. Again, in this description, there is no reference to age. It is not the defining factor. Right? But there is a reference to your maturity in the Lord. Right? Then in verse 16, I encourage you to underline the phrase, each part does its own work. Again, we need each other. Right? It is all of our job to be a member of this church and to contribute. Again, when you look at the church in America, and again, we look at you know, the trend, uh, you know, for the church in America is not good, by the way. Yeah, and, and as we look at that, well, I feel like one of the main reasons, and we see this through, through you know, exapoles, through whatever it is, right, that um, one of the main reasons why churches are in decline is that people are not leaving because of style, and they're not leaving because of doctrine. Yeah, people are leaving because of disunity. In fact, when you look, that's exactly what this passage tells us, right? The goal of this idea is that we will all be unified in Christ. They're leaving because there is disunity. There's disunity between people in the church. There's disunity between generations, right? And there's disunity between what we say and what we do, right? And that's why the church is in decline. Because they're, from the outside looking in, right, we do not have a good reputation, Right? And guess what? We have the power to change that. Right? Because, again, not just as we live out, not just this core value, but as we live out our core values, right? it is about Jesus, and I'm going to stand on the foundation of Scripture, and I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Right? And we're going to be unified in Christ. Right? And again, we can start changing the reputation of the church one person at a time. Right? And, and we can model unity. Again, different people have different gifts, but we need them all. Different people have different gifts. Again, your journey looks different than mine, right? But it doesn't make your journey any more um, important or unimportant than mine. Right? Again, in 16, right, it says the goal of that, right, is if they're healthy and growing and full of love. As we look at that again, I'll tell you, like I said, we have, again, our, our teenagers contribute to our volunteer teams in incredible ways. And, and, and again, I'll tell you, right now in our, in our church, we're just like, probably like most other churches, right? It's like 10 to 15% of our people do most of the work. Right? In fact, I look at our volunteer teams, and I'm thankful for everybody that's on them right now, but, but on almost every volunteer team we have, whether it's security, audiovisual, band, kids, youth, is that people on those teams are serving in multiple places. Right? Because they have to, or else things would not happen. And we have, again, there are needs, right? We, we always need more people on kids' team, on AV team, on worship team, on youth team, on those kind of things. And again, I'm so thankful for those that are serving in those places. Right? And, and again, greeting team, security team. I mean, there's a huge list, right? And again, what is your role? Are you ready to contribute? Again, I hope the Faith Journey Church can be a church that does it right. That we actually care about each other and we work through stuff and we can truly be full of love. Again, healthy doesn't mean that there aren't problems. 
right? Healthy means that we work through those problems and we move forward together in unity. So mission defined, how do I live out this core value? Okay, as we ask this question, how do I live this out? I want to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, where it says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Again, there, there are, are, are three um, action steps that are given in this passage, right, that will help us live out this core value number three that all generations contribute to the journey. The first one is this, is that we hold tightly without wavering. Again, don't waver. Right? Don't waver in your faith. Don't waver in, in who Christ is. Right? Don't, don't waver in, in my purpose in life, right? Hey, hold tightly without wavering. You know, which in that, right, we hold tightly to, to, these, to the first two core values, right? That Jesus is everything, right? That he's first and foremost. I've surrendered everything I have to him. Right? That, that I'm going to stand on God's word, right? And I'm going to hold tightly to that, right? Just hold tightly to, to the idea, right, that I am going to grow. I'm not going to be stagnant in my faith. I'm going to be more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today. The, the, the second thing that we are told to do in this passage is to motivate one another. Right, that we're going to do this together. Right, we're doing this in, in unity. Right, if I'm struggling, I'm not going to keep it to myself. Right, I'm going to, I'm going to talk with those in, in my church. Right, I'm going to reach out for help. Right, and, if I, and, and if I can't help, I'm going, to, I'm going to step up and I'm going to help them. Right, because when one part suffers, we all suffer. And when one part finds victory, we all find victory. Right, let's motivate one another. Right? Let's, let's help each other. Not comparison, but healthy accountability. Right, and encouragement, and, and that we're, we, yes, we're, we're, we're taking new ground. And then the third thing we're told to do, right, is to meet together. Right, not just meet together, but to, we come together to encourage. I mean, my hope is that you leave from a Sunday morning, and you're like, you're encouraged for the week ahead, right? That, yes, I'm, I'm filled up with God's Spirit, right, and, and with what he, I saw what he needed to do, so that I'm filled to live my faith the next six days. Right? We will meet together to encourage each other. Now, again, the first part of this is we have to actually meet together. Right? We have to actually show up. Now, again, it's not just about showing up on a Sunday morning, but it's like, again, can I meet together? We can, again, we have more ways now to be connected than ever before. Right? And, and, again, we have, the sad reality is the regular attender within the American church has been redefined every year because it just, the bar keeps getting lower and lower and lower. Because, because we are, as church leaders, and I'll tell you, we're afraid to admit, right, that if we left the bar where it used to be, that, that we wouldn't have any regular attenders. Right, and so we just kind of lower the bar, right, and be like, well, once a month's good enough. It's not, church. <laughs> Right, and I'll tell you, just this, this is my flesh, but one of my personal pet peeves right, right now as I look at our culture is sometimes I feel like people are committed and they have time for everything but God. Right, and, and again, I'm, I'm even speaking to myself, right? Sometimes, like, right, there are times I'd rather, I'd rather go golfing right? and <laughs> go to church again. Right, but again, we, we can't neglect it. Right, we have to be there. And then when we come there, we come to get re-energized, right, to, to get full of the Spirit, right, to be encouraged, to, to live out the greatest commandments and the great commission every day of my life. 
right? Again, why are we coming to church? And I think that is just, that's, that's a question you should ask yourself. All right, why am I coming? All right, where's my heart at when I walk through the doors? Am I coming to worship? Or am I coming to be encouraged? Am I coming to encourage somebody else? Right, am I coming to learn and consume and contribute and all these things, right? Or, or, or not? Like we should come to church to be re-energized so I can accomplish the work of the week. To live out my faith every day. To live out the greatest commandments and contribute to the Great Commission. Every chance I get. We are the body of Christ. And again, we stand that Jesus is number one. Scripture is our foundation and roadmap. And that all generations will contribute to God's kingdom. Which leads me to my final thought today, and that's this. Right? The body of Christ is stronger with diversity than without it. We need all generations. We need all, all people. Together we can continue the journeys we encourage one another in unity. How can you contribute? Right? And you know what? Maybe your phase of life right now and your journey is not to contribute at all. Maybe you just need to consume the things of God. And if that's where you're at, that's okay. Like if you never received Christ as your Savior, that's the first step of the journey. Right, and just consume who God is, right? And consume his love and his mercy. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that holds. Lord, we thank you for your church. God, we thank you for, for body believers. God, we thank you for, for, for the purpose you give us, Lord, to not just consume, but to, to contribute back to your kingdom. And God, I pray, Lord, that you help each one of us to fulfill our role in you and in your design and in your church every day. And God, I pray, Lord, that as we go, that we will live our faith. God, that we will shine your light in this dark world. Lord, that we will be encouraged. Lord, we will be lifted up. We'll be challenged, Lord, by the church. As we will all come together in unity. And I pray, Lord, that as we go, we can go in unity today unity in Christ. Lord, and as we go through our different journeys, know that you be glorified and that we will fulfill our role in your design and in your church for to save the world. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen.